Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, certified financial educator and investment advisor, Regis Bingham, and the visionary behind Makita Filmworks, Dana Bingham Gonila. Hey, what you drink? I think you. I think you hit on another point. I'd love for us to just talk a little bit about that. Even, even outside of the educational element, there, there, there seemed to be this common expectation that you're going to be trying to do something. <laughs> There's no such thing as sitting at home and, you know, watching TV all day. And, and I just, I don't know what that looks like, but there was always this expectation that you would be doing something in whatever field you're in, you're, you're going to be trying to do something to advance yourself in that field. How commonplace is that Regis Dana? Well, for me, that's, I got that same message <laughs> that you're going to be the best at whatever it is that you're going to do. Uh, and I try to instill that in my daughter as well, that, hey, whatever it is that you do, you have to be the best because everybody pitches in and everybody has to uh, make it whenever I introduce myself in a brand new setting. I, I talk about our educational background going back several generations from not being allowed to read, but making sure that your children are able to read. Once you are able to read, that, that may be as far as you can go, but you made sure that your children got some sort of formal education. It went from there to making sure you got some formal education to making sure that everybody goes to college. Now we're sitting here where we can go back and say, okay, my, our grandparents never went past the sixth grade, but we're all sitting here with a master's degree. And that is really indicative of who we are and making sure that education is important and making sure that we're always pushing uh, to be better than, 
then we're always trying to get to the next level. Mm. Yeah. I think something that mom and dad um, also would do that I didn't realize that no other parents really do is they actually um, encouraged us, whatever our interest was, even if they weren't familiar what it was or could, could direct us. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, there was a time that I wanted, I couldn't say podiatrist. I said, I want to be a foot doctor. <laughs> and dad was like, okay, let's go to a podiatrist. You're going to learn what you need to do to become a podiatrist. I think I was probably, you know, eight years old. <laughs> I'm going to be a podiatrist. And we got to the, the podiatry office. And the first thing that the guy was saying, I went to medical school and I did all of this. And I was like, oh, you had to study science. And then the next thing he said, oh, yeah. And sometimes we deal with fungus and, you know, thing. and I was like, ooh, I rethink this idea of wanting to be a foot doctor. <laughs> yeah, foot doctors, they ain't working out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and dad was like, okay, well, you know, think about what you enjoy. Uh, to do, you know, and, and would like to study because that's how you decide what you're going to major in college. And mind you, I'm eight years old having mm. this conversation about college. Yeah. You know, who, who, who does that? Who, you know, and, and that was one of the things that I feel like, you know, mom and dad just really kind of helped us create our own path in this world. And, and, and was like, you know, okay, you know, you want to do X, Y, Z, you know, I, I even remember them saying, uh, buck nail. <laughs> you know, what is, you what, sure? what is a buck nail? <laughs> where, where's buck nail? <laughs> you know, but you were adamant about buck nail for since what junior high. Yeah. It was ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah. And, and they were like, okay, well, this is, these are the things that you need to do to prepare you for that level you know, of, of, you know, college, because that's pretty much Ivy league level, you know? So I didn't realize until I got to college and I had friends who were struggling in their major. And I'm like, well, why are you majoring in this? Oh, well, my mother wants me to be a, a doctor. My mother wants me to be, my dad wants me to be a lawyer, or that's what my parents do. And I'm going to follow in their footsteps. And I realized that, you know, a lot of times parents are living through their kids, <laughs> So I, I appreciate that our parents just kind of let us find out what we want to do. And they're like, OK, well, that's what you want to do. I'll support you. So, I mean, so thinking thinking about and again, this, I wouldn't be me if I wouldn't bring this back to some leadership principles. But, you know, so many leaders, they're reluctant to find out what their people want to do for fear that they won't have control. Well, you're right. You won't have control. It's called empowering. And and Dana, you brought that up. Uh, you brought that up earlier. One of the coolest stories that I tell often, and I think about this a lot when I work with leaders, is the fact that dad taught all of us how to play chess. And it wasn't until, man, I guess a few years after I had left the house, when I realized that Dad didn't know how to play chess. He actually learned how to play chess <laughs> to be able to teach us how to play chess. He was like one chapter ahead of us in the book. 
And just the foresight to, to understand that this is what my kids are going to need. Let me give that to them, although I don't know how to do it myself. I don't understand where that that insight comes from, uh, but I sure do find myself leaning into that as I'm a parent now, uh, because my daughter is getting into stuff that I can't even pronounce, right? And I've got to encourage her. I've got to encourage her in the right way and try to do it in a way where I don't sound totally stupid, but I have no idea all the stuff that she's studying as a biochemistry major and thinking about trying to get into biotechnology. I have no idea, but that's the model of what parenthood is that I received growing up. Regis, I know you've got some stories too about some of the classes you had to take and you know, dad kind of take you as far as he could go and just like. <laughs> Absolutely. And I had had this experience and I used it uh, in working with uh, Amber on her math and doing things that she had never done before. And I found my old Latin book that I had taken when I was in eighth grade, seventh grade, something like that. And I recalled dad. Pulling out the Latin book, he said, now, this is a Latin book. He says, now, I bought you this Latin book. I am actually going to open the Latin book for you, all right? Now, you're going to have to do something for yourself. Now, I bought the book. I didn't open the book. You're going to have to do something, all right? But uh, I lean on uh, mom and dad's leadership a lot because they were always uh, even if they didn't know how things were to go, they at least exposed us to a lot of things so that we'd be able to uh, figure out if this is something that we wanted to do, if we were interested in or not. They didn't really dictate to us a lot of this is what you should be interested in, uh, but they just exposed us to a lot of things. I think about how many different sports uh, I try, right? Good at some, not good at others, right? But I, I think about track, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, just being exposed to those different things. And I think that, that that's their genius. Uh, I, I was gonna add, to the same vein of Latin, dad was adamant <laughs> that we, and mostly me, learn Spanish. <laughs> and went out and bought these Berlitz tapes. You, you got to learn Spanish. Um, so I think that Berlitz tapes, this was probably what, uh, probably around nine years old, maybe younger than that. So I've been trying to wear, learn Spanish for <laughs> over 30 years. <laughs> I was just like, and you know, dad got as far as like that, the greetings. Like he used to always say, habla espanol. He would say that over and over again, you know. You know, I got to high school. I'm going to take Spanish. Spanish one, Spanish two, failed Spanish two, had to take Spanish two over again. And um, it wasn't until I was a grown adult and realized why that was so important. 
because now I've met, married someone whose first language is Spanish. He was trying to get you ready. He was trying to get you ready. Come on now. You know, first trip to Peru, I'm sitting there, sitting there the whole entire time kicking myself. If only I had listened to dad and stuck with the Spanish. And this was even before Spanish was like this required thing to learn in school. That dad was just like, you need to learn a second language. You need to learn a second language. And he was trying to introduce it to me at a young age where it was easy for me to pick it up. <laughs> you never, you know, I always say this all the time. You never understand what, what your parents are trying to get you to do when you're that young. It just seems like they're nagging, but they definitely mean well. And now I'm kicking myself that I, I'm like trying to do Duolingo <laughs> when I had Berlin 30 some years ago. Wow. Uh, all right, so now here, here's my opportunity to brag on each of you to your face in front of all of my listeners around the world. So here, here I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to something that I say often about each of you. So um, Re Regis, I want you to respond to this thing, man, because this is still puzzling me. We, we heard a little bit about your background, but do you have to get certified in everything that you're curious about? I, I mean, I, I usually tell the story this way, that, you know, I, I was uh, fortunate to talk, fortunate enough to talk myself into attending uh, Rice Business School. And I took some finance classes and I came home pretty excited about, I think I learned, I learned about compound interest or something like that. And I was sharing that with you and you're like, huh, that's interesting. And before I know it, you're like a certified financial planner. Uh, you know, I was pretty, getting pretty deep into my church and was studying the Bible pretty, pretty significantly. And so I shared some scripture with you and you said, huh, that is interesting. And then you go off and you become a, an ordained minister. Uh, you know, I share some psychological things that I picked up some just concepts that I thought was kind of kind of interesting okay so you go get a master's degree dude can't you just read an article <laughs> about things that are interesting where does this commitment to being certified and and studying a thing at the highest possible level where does that come from do you think that's a great question and i'm not entirely sure but one of my earliest memories could be uh, around why did I want to go into psychology to begin with? And uh, I remember we joked around because we were kind of crazy as kids. But I remember saying, I want to be able to say you're crazy and actually have something of weight to back it up. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can certify you that you're crazy. Right? <laughs> And I, I think that the certification is just a, a validation for me hmm. that, yeah, I, I, this isn't just my opinion. You know, if I were on a witness stand, then they'd probably say, no, this is a credible witness, right? And I've got some something that, uh, you know, to back me up. And part of that 
uh, from an upbringing standpoint, I remember hearing mom and dad say to me all the time, if I cannot just be just as good as the next person, that's not good enough. Because if we are of equal ability, they're going to choose the other person every time. So I had to, in my mind, my rearing and my upbringing, I always had the mindset that I always had to bring something more to the game, something that other people don't have. So that uh, I remember dad saying, I have to be head and shoulders unquestionably. You'd have to be an idiot not to select me mm-hmm. type person. Uh, other than that, others can always justify why they would pick someone else. Mm-hmm. And part of my thinking is in their upbringing of me is that I always want to put myself in a position that even if someone does not want to select me, they can't help it. They have to. Because if I don't get selected by them, their opponent will select me and then they'd have to play against me. And that's not something that they'd be willing to. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and similarly, Dana, you, you have always, in my mind, done the thing that you, you're really not supposed to do that, right? You're not supposed to be able to do that. No, nobody does that. And, you know, I just remember very early on, you know, as kids do when they're really young coming up and they've got their favorite singers, they've got their favorite actresses and everyone knows of of my thing for Janet Jackson. And, you know, so you had yours, but you actually would like go out and meet them and create pen pal relationships with these singers. And and I'm like, nobody does that, Dana. And then, you know, I, I uh, was really, really excited when I, in my early 20s, uh, was able to leave the country. And I, I think I went to London for the first time and was really excited about the experience and how, how much growth I had from that. And, you know, come back home. And I don't even, I can't even count how many countries you've been to, Dana. You probably have, have the most stamps in your passport than any of us. But no, no nobody does that. And then we've got kind of a Midwest upbringing and we've lived other places, uh, you know, after leaving home, you know, Regis, you, you went off to Pennsylvania for school and just kind of stayed there for a bit. And, you know, I, I kind of did the corporate thing and, and moved around a bit. But Dana, your, your first trip is to like Washington, D.C. And after Washington, D.C., you go to New York. It's like... How busy of a city can you go? DC, New York, nobody goes to those places. But my favorite story, and I'm going to let you weigh in here. My favorite story is uh, there was a point in time when uh, you were really, really serious about trying to get in shape. And so you're taking, you know, going to the gym, you're taking these classes, you're working with trainer. And then they start saying, well, you know, if you really want to get in shape, then you should probably start boxing. That's kind of the new thing now. And you start boxing, I look up and you're like fighting, you know, amateur fights and winning amateur fights as a boxer. And if you win two more, then there's a chance you might go to the Olympics. Dana, nobody does that. Where does this 
this confidence to try things regardless of whether there are peers around doing it, this this daring to think, of course it's possible because it's there. I, I think there, and I want you to talk about this, there was a, a report I believe you were doing in school on, was it Ruby Bridges or Wilma Rudolph? Wilma, Wilma Rudolph. Wilma Rudolph. So you were doing a report on Wilma Rudolph, probably for Black History Month as we all did as, as kids. and. You were looking for books to do your research and you couldn't find any books. And you're like, wait a second, if she's still alive, why don't I just see if I can get her on the phone and call her and ask her what? So you called Wilma Rudolph. Dana, nobody does this. What, where does this come from? I think it's from being the youngest. And I have two older brothers. And so I'm just like, in a, in a weird way, we're competing. I'm like, look, my brothers are doing great things. You know, they played sports and they were, you know, getting these letters and all of these things. And so I'm like, well, how can I level up? You know, so it's just I'm just trying to match the greatness of being, you know, living up to the standard that my my older siblings had set. I don't know. I just kind of. I don't know. I just I, I I can't even answer that question. It's just really because when I look back, I don't even see. I'm like, is that a different life? Is that is that a different person? <laughs> like, who is that? I just get into things because I want to try them. And then it's like, well, you know, well, I want to be the best at it. <laughs> I remember in high school, I was trying to find um in the yearbook, you put your, your ambition or your goal or whatever. And I remember talking to dad, I'm like, well, I, I don't want to put what I want to grow up to be. Cause what if I don't, that doesn't turn out to be. And then it's in print and I'm like, oh, well, I failed at that. And dad had found this quote and he said, well, this is actually you. And I think you should put this quote. And the quote was by Booker T. Washington. And it was, excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. And so my, in my high school yearbook, my ambition is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. And that has always just been my guiding principle. Like whatever it could be, you know, you know just the most realistic common thing, but I want to be the best at it. I want people to remember my name next to it of like, wow, you know, you're the reason why I started this. You know, I don't go in, you know, with that in my mind. I just know I want to put my all, at least give my best effort and first try. Hmm. And then if I get tired of it, then move on to something else. And so now you, you watch TV in an uncommon way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, now it's not even just about watching TV. It's, it's, multi-platform you know it's it's you know creating things that oh this can be better suit online and then dictating how this should roll out online you know and you know even though I'm a producer and an editor when I work with clients I'm always thinking in multi multiple levels that they're like well data this is not what I was <laughs> really expecting from you as, as, you know, my editor, but I'm like, well, these are the things that I have and, you know, you should think about so I can be able to create the best 
whatever product you you want me to create, where is this going to live? You know, how do you, how is this going to live on? So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best way to answer that question. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd love to bring, to bring yeah, let, in. Yeah, it's all right. I just wanted to share because uh, growing up, I actually saw some of those seeds planted in Dana early on of just being daring. Uh, because when she wanted to just try something, I remember mom and dad, well, try it. You never know until you just go out and just try it and see if it doesn't work out. Okay, well, it doesn't work out. And I remember uh, her just wanting to put her own stamp on things when they were looking for her to go, go to school, right? And they took her to... Uh, this school that I went to, Moses Brown. And so, of course, trying to recruit her to come to the school. The tack that they were trying to take was, hey, you could come here, registered this, registered that. You, you go in, you could do those things. And they thought that that was the big selling point, right? Come to find out that was the thing that turned her off the most and said, well, I don't want to come, I want to come in and make my own name. And so that was just kind of her way of just wanting, she always had that seed of, I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to do it my way, uh, win, lose, or draw, but at least I, I did it and I put my own stamp on it. So the, the common themes that I'm picking up from all of us is just this idea of how much uh, our parents really played beyond their tips, right? Even in situations when they didn't know how it was going to turn out, they knew that it had to be a good thing. Uh, you know, whether it was introducing language, whether it was, uh, I remember being eight years old and, you know, dad requiring that we use chopsticks at the table. I'm like, chopsticks i'm eight i just how do you i can't <laughs> yeah. but it was just that exposure to things that they didn't quite understand what was on the other side but they knew that it could only help and when i think about leaders that's that's a big part of what effective leaders do that they lead as far as they can and then they push their people, they call their people to go higher. A another concept that I'm picking up on is how, you know, we all three obviously grew up in the same house, but uh, we're very different people. And my upbringing was different than Regis's upbringing, which was different than Dana's upbringing. I like to say that the oldest always catches all the hell, uh, the middle wears them down and the baby gets the free ride. That's that's kind of what I usually say. I don't know how true that is, uh, but we're all different people. So just from a leadership perspective, being able to manage people to what they need, as opposed to what you want to do, that's something that I definitely pick up. What, what are some, am I off base with those with those concepts? No, I, I remember uh, having this conversation with dad all the time. He said a lot of people will say, well, I love my kids the same. 
And he would tell me all the time, I said, I don't love my kids the same. And he said, I love all my kids adequately, right? And you think about it. If dad loved me in the ways that he loves Dana, we would have some issues, right? We, we, we'd have some, some, some real serious issues. Uh, but you always felt their love. And yes, they did treat us all differently. And as a result, we all have different leadership styles. And I think order has a lot to do with it as well. You know, I, I'll just kind of throw in for being a woman, having that balanced relationship with both my parents, um, I think it's made me very much of a strong, headstrong, very much, um, uh, you know, what they say, you know, boss, boss lady or whatever, because, you know, mom basically instilled in me to have my own and be independent. Whereas in the 80s and in the 90s for, for girls, we were, it was always you do these things and then you're going to get married. But mom never really gave me that that picture, painted that picture of, you know, get you a boyfriend, get married, have kids. It was always about have your own money, have your own career have your own lead the way and then all those things come second so I think having you know a woman figure to instill that in me and not come from a you know a man <laughs> was very you know very empowering because I don't know too many of my friends who have moms that kind of reinforced that you know have a career it's it was always when are you going to get married <laughs> when you have kids, mm -hmm. you know, mom was just like, you know, do what you got to do. If you want to stay in New York, you got to work, you know, get your hustle on that kind of conversation. And I, I feel like that kind of set foundation for me as an adult and as a, as an adult woman. Wow. Well, uh, you know, we, we uh, could talk all evening and as a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna coax you guys to come into the VIP room with me because we we didn't talk as much about jazz. And I blame I absolutely blame my dad for this jazz thing because um, you know, he just exposed us to so many different kinds of music and you know, Grover Washington Jr. and and Joe Sample and no no kids my age was listening to all that stuff. Every Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, so, uh, hey, before we go into the VIP room, I, I just want to give each of you guys an opportunity to share what you're doing and how people can get a hold of you if they want to work with folks in the fields that you're in, because both of you guys are in totally different fields, but I can't refer anyone higher in the fields uh, than you guys. So, um Dana, let's go ahead and start with you. How, how can people get a hold of you uh, if they want you to help them with their with their video concept? You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Makeda Filmworks. And do you want me to spell it out? You, you might want to spell that. 
Um, M-A-K-E-D-A Film Works, Makeda Film Works. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Dana Bingham Guanilo. And what kind of things do you do you do? What what what's your what's your specialty as an offering? My specialty is video editor. So I can edit any kind of content, um, video, audio. Um, if you're interested in creating content, um, I will um, you know, help you kind of ideate around ideas and build build that up. Um, I am working with um, some old college friends now with their podcast. So I'm serving as their co-producer and um, editor and helping them strategize how to, um, you know, expand, expand their brand. So you can also follow them at straight no chaser podcast on uh, Instagram and all, all the places where podcasters are podcasts are, are played. Um, so I'm, you know, dabbling in a, a lot of different things. Um, but I'm, I'm always up for a challenge. And I'll tell you, it's a great podcast, too. I mean, obviously, you got to check out Whiskey Jazz and Leadership, but straight no chaser. Man, I need to. Sounds like there needs to be a collaboration because, I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of fun over there. A lot of fun over there. So uh, the other brother, Regis Bingham, uh, where can people find you and how do they know when they need to work with you? Oh. Uh. You can find me uh, on LinkedIn, Reeves Bingham. Um, my website is financialprofessional.tfaconnects.com slash Regis Bingham. Uh, you can also email me at regis.bingham at TFA Connect. Uh, I am uh, a financial coach right? and with a lot of people being financially illiterate in this country and what you thought to be true about money turns out not to be true. When would you want to know about it? So that's when they would give me a call trying to figure out this money game. My, as a coach, I try and create financial champions in this money game. And that's what I do. Uh, we work with individuals as well as companies and being able to help them uh, not only grow your wealth, but also to keep from losing it as well. So you've got to have an offensive game and a defensive game. So that is what I do. I love, love, love working with people that want to take their uh, financial wealth to the next level. And as I said earlier, I, I can't uh, endorse any one higher in these two fields than these two, because I have literally known them for all their life. Um, and if they don't treat you right, I, I've got the uh, I've got the authority to beat them up. So definitely, definitely check them out. Hey, guys, I have just so enjoyed having you on this part of my podcast. Uh, we were I was actually working with uh, Audrey, who is the owner of the podcast, and she and we were kind of coming up with ideas for for guests and and she said wow you 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 haven't had your brother on the on the podcast yes what what's up with that now like you know you're right and she said and i've never heard you talk to your sister and she's like the coolest one of all y'all so uh peace up and and thank you to audrey for uh making this happen 
and uh, raise your glass before we step over to the VIP room. And I just want to thank you guys for uh, everything that you have meant to me personally, as well as professionally, because um, there are times when you just need someone to endorse that you're not going crazy. And you guys have always been that for me. So I want to thank you and uh, keep doing great work. Cheers. 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 Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.